Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Hello, my friends. Jason A. Meiske here, your host of the Sample Chapter Podcast. That's right, this is the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. This is episode 42, and it is early. <laughs> the things I do for this show. Oh my goodness, yeah, it's a, it's a weekend. I got lots of things going on, and I'm, so I'm up at 5 a.m. I'm going to go ahead and get all of this stuff done. I'm getting the show prepared for for Tuesday coming up. But that's all right, you know, it's worth it, and I've learned my lessons as I've gone through that it's best to have these episodes prepared in advance, right? Better to be, to be prepared than to try and do things last minute and risk, you know, something coming up. So, like I said, this is episode 42 of the Sample Chapter Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook at Sample Chapter Podcast on Facebook.com. We are also on Twitter, so you can tweet us there at is our I believe our handle is chapter sample you can send us a message through either one of those ways if you'd like to reach out and contact us or you can email us at samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com use any of those methods to reach out if you would just like to contact me say hello if you are an author and you'd like to come on the show if you know an author that you would like to have come on the show some that you would like me to interview reach out to me I'd love to hear from you I'd love to talk to that author. I'd love to talk to you if you are that author. That'd be great. So we just had our first uh, snow of the year on Friday here in uh, here in Missouri, and it was it was a pretty good uh, it was a pretty good snow. It was really gorgeous. I got to come home Friday afternoon, and it was just you know that really thick, uh, fluffy snow that was coming down for a couple of hours. We had the the fake fireplace going in the living room, and it was it was really nice. You know, the windows were open. It was cold, that's for sure. But it's funny how your ears can be tricked into. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever tried this or not, but if you ever had one of those fake fireplaces and you can hear that crackling, um, that crackling sound, it tricks your mind into getting warm. You know, it's 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 odd how you do that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you know, try out. You know, if you if you've got like a, a Google Home or if you have some other device that can play it, uh, or go to YouTube or Netflix or whatever and pull up one of those fake fireplaces and have it play for a while and just you know don't do anything else. Just have that playing, and it's funny how after a while you get that uh, that warm sensation. And it was really nice to sit there and watch the snow. And I just felt really cozy, and I pulled out my laptop, did a little bit of writing for NaNoWriMo, and uh, it was really cool. And I actually ended up, I've so far I've uh, actually used that a couple of times to use as a timer, because the fireplace will run for about an hour. And so I used that as a timer to, okay, for as long as the fire's going, I'm going to do some writing for NaNoWriMo on my new story, and it was it was fantastic, you know, and all of a sudden... The fire would stop, it goes back to the queue, and I look it down, and I'm like, wow, I just wrote a thousand words. So, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. That's really neat. a neat way, unique way to do it. Coming up on Sunday, uh, it, it is Veterans Day, and I am a veteran. My wife is a veteran. Uh, we both have many family members that are, that are veterans, and 
I just want to give a huge, huge shout out to all of you out there who are veterans. You know, there's something about, you know, and like I said, I'm not, I'm never going to get political on this show, but I do want to appreciate that there is just something different about that person who woke up one day and said, for a period of time in my life, I'm going to give this life that I have to my country. There are perks. There are lots of great things you can do uh, in the military. But bottom line, you know, that's, what some th that's something that some people don't realize is they're donating their life for a period of time to our country. And, you know, that's just, that's just something unique. And not every service member goes in and, and is doing, you know, the gung-ho stuff. You know, sometimes you're doing something like I did. I, I was a glorified taxi driver. <laughs> but, you know, then again, you have people like my wife, who was a chaplain assistant, which meant she was combat ready uh, because it was her job to bodyguard the chaplain. And if you, if anybody knows my wife, that was a unique experience because she's five foot and they kept putting her with chaplains who were around six foot tall. So, yeah, my wife made me very jealous several times that while I'm getting training on how to drive different vehicles, you know, driving across Alaska and different places, my wife is getting training on, you know, today she's firing off the grenade launcher and then she's shooting M60s and you know, all kinds of weapons training and hand-to-hand -hand combat and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just like, well, I, I just drove a big bus, you know, so. <laughs> it was it was fun, though. Um, you know, and we didn't serve at the same time. We served uh, years apart from each other, but still. Uh, but something that is going along with Veterans Day, something that is very, very close to my heart is make sure that you do recognize the women out there serving and who have served because I can't tell you how many times my wife and I would be somewhere and it's interesting how many times people automatically look at me like oh okay yeah you're a, you're a veteran family well how long did you serve sir thank you for your service you know they they look at me I I just look at my wife and go no no it's it's her you need to thank her and, you know, and then she'll, of course, my wife, you know, she's lovely. She'll correct them, correct me, and be like, no, nah, it's both of us. But it's it's strange, you know, because, like, when we were serving, she'd be in uniform. And I'm standing there uh, with a full beard, and people are still looking at me like, oh, well, thank you for your service. I'm like, really? My, my wife's in uniform. Do you see that? It's a unique situation because I think a lot of times the women veterans do get overlooked. And this Veterans Day, um, I know this episode is going to come out post-Veterans Day, but, you know, going down the road, I hope it's something that you keep in mind, that women serve too. They put on combat boots, they are deploying, they're doing everything that the men are doing. So make sure that we remember them as well as everybody else who has served. Uh, remember all the vets would be the most important thing. Remember them all. Anyway, that's my podium for the day, <laughs> my podium moment for the day, and uh, now a word from our sponsor. U-Store All of Warrensburg, Missouri is the premium place for self-storage, whether you're looking for 
climate control or non-climate control, that is the place you want to go. They are completely fenced in. With gated access, your own private gate code, uh, more than 40 cameras recording 24 hours a day, concrete driveways throughout the entire facility, which cuts down on dust flying in through the doors. Uh, that cuts down on mud getting on your tracks or perhaps you know dropping your stuff into the uh, gravel. Make sure you go to ustoral.net and check them out. That is the letter U-S-T-O-R-A-L-L dot net. Speaking of veterans, our guest today was a 30-year spouse of a military veteran. Uh, Elizabeth Clayman is just a absolute joy to speak with. She is a lovely woman who has had a remarkable life. She just began writing a year and a half ago and has been changing lives writing her autobiographical uh, stories about brokenness and uh, stress relief. Uh, she is a speaker and naturopath and Christian life coach and so using all these methods to help people out she reflects on her own life and the amazing things that she's been through not just as a military spouse but well, you're going to hear about a lot of the things that she's been through um, that have broken her, uh, things that have broken her spirit, uh, just life things that have, that have gone on. And she writes about these things and uh, reflects on how you can grow past these things. Uh, with her books like Remember the Butterfly Effect, she was in a collaboration of Voices of the 21st Century. Uh, she has some fantastic tips on uh, how to de-stress that, uh, that I think were fantastic. I do want to give heads up that her reading today for her book, her brand new book, Beauty Rising from Brokenness. It's an emotional book, and her reading uh, does cut off a little bit short, but it's for a good reason. Um, you know, and it's it's one of those things where she's writing about rising above brokenness, but that doesn't mean it it's not still impactful uh, still today. And you know, my, my heart just went out to her. It was really hard for her to go back to that place and start reading from there. And, uh, you know, bless her heart, she, she went through and she did read quite a bit. She left, uh, <laughs> she re uh, leaves this hanging on uh, something that, that you're going to, as she starts reading, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she kind of gives you a little uh, cliffhanger. So you're going to want to pick up the book. And the fantastic thing is, like I said, this episode is going to come out on Tuesday, November 13th. So if you're listening to this on uh, on today, that day, then tomorrow is when the book comes out, November 14th. And it will be on sale special that day for 99 cents. So make sure tomorrow, after you listen to this, November 14th, whenever it is that you're listening to this, November 14th is when the book comes out. It's going to be on sale for 99 cents. That's the best time to pick it up. Um, you know, you're going to want to read it. it. It's fantastic. I've been perusing it myself, and it's extremely touching stuff. Um, and, you know, and another really great thing about this is last week we had Joe Moore on here, and he talked about how his book, uh, his proceeds go towards a uh, charity foundation that he heads up. Uh, same as that, Elizabeth Clayman. She donates a portion of her proceeds to military spouse programs. So, you know, again, ironic that I've got uh, people 
two weeks in a row with uh, something in common. So this is, but I, I just think it's amazing. I think it's really, really cool. And I think you're going to really enjoy my talk with author Elizabeth Clayman. Hello, friends. Jason here with another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Today, I am having such a good time speaking to a new friend, Elizabeth Clayman, speaker, naturopath, and Christian life coach. Elizabeth, thank you so much for coming to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a mother of three and a military wife of 30 years. I have two grandchildren, and all of a sudden in my 50s, I've decided or been appointed or however you want to put it together. So I'm out with a book, and I've got a bunch of other books coming out, collaborations in my own books, and that's and I also go around and speak to, I tell people per Pretty much anybody, if there's anybody who will listen, I'll go see. So that's what I'm doing with, with my retirement. <laughs> that's fantastic. Well, as somebody who's been both the military active duty member and the military spouse, thank you for your service because we go through as much, well, not as much, but we, we suffer as much, I guess it would be one way to put it. So thank you for, for everything you've done. Oh, absolutely. It's yeah. You know, they said it was going to be an adventure, and they didn't lie. It has been an adventure. But I usually tell people that I always see the picture of the Air Force guy holding up the world or the military guy holding up the world and all the other people around the world. And I said there should be a military spouse holding them up, juggling kids and a house and a job and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how it feels, like you're supporting them and you're having to keep everything else going at the same time. Oh gosh, yes. It it definitely felt that way sometimes. So Yes. And that's one thing I, I do want to mention is all of my proceeds I give a portion of my proceeds to military spouse deployed or who lost their spouse overseas. To because I know what it's like to be that spouse at home and have the car break down or the hot water heater go out and you're there with the kids and you don't have a clue how to get it fixed. And you need help, and so I—that's my cause—is to give to military spouses organizations that support our military spouses when they have deployments or they lose a spouse. Oh, that's fantastic! That's really, really nice of you. Well, well now, it's you know when you've been there, you kind of understand. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, now we were talking a little bit before, and uh, you were telling me about how it's always been your dream to be a writer. No, I was not telling you that. <laughs> You're fibbing. <laughs> how how did you get into you, writing? I was a math nerd in school. I actually took two of my elective credits as math. That's how much of a math nerd I was. And I was a bookkeeper in my other life. So I never had any interest in writing. And my husband's been on me and, and other friends have been on me for years. You need to write a book. You need to write a book. And I kept saying, I don't like to write. I don't like to write. I don't want to write. And I just woke up about six months ago and felt like I was called to write this story. And this is the story of my life journey through chronic, through childhood trauma and, and developing chronic illness 
that was triggered by the, the trauma and then how I healed myself and recovered mentally, physically, and emotionally and spiritually. And it kind of walks the reader through not only my story, but how I healed and gives them examples and tips on how they can heal as well. Oh, wow. Did, were, was it some of these episodes or some of these articles then that came in to uh, remember the butterfly effect? Yes, I um, write a blog, a natural health blog at clamminnaturalhealth.com and from my naturopathic training. And that's how I started out because I was that and this is my next book that's coming out. But I was disabled and bedridden for 12 years from a car accident. And so when I was able to start doing something, I wanted to take baby steps. So I started the blog and I had my degree in natural health before the accident happened. So the blog was kind of my baby step to get started and then added some consulting and some coaching and now being an author and speaking, which is really what I was headed towards doing in the first place was speaking. The authorship just kind of happened. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so I just took a couple collections of my articles from the blogs and did a couple of mini books on Create Space that are on Amazon. And I have the Remember the Butterfly Effect, How Everything Affects Everything, How Stress Affects Our Health, and then 20 Chronic Illnesses and Their Natural Therapies. Oh, my gosh. Well, now, tell me a little bit about this, then. This is a fascinating subject to me about... Because I'm a pretty easygoing guy, and but I know lots of people who stress out an awful lot. And then they also, it seems, no matter what, they end up with a lot of uh, health issues. And it sounds like it could be the stress. Is that what you would agree with? Or? I would absolutely agree with that because the stress raises your cortisol levels. And when your cortisol levels go up and your insulin levels go up, then you get inflammation in your body, and that inflammation triggers a lot of illnesses. So a lot of the autoimmune illnesses and things like that are triggered by the inflammation in our bodies. So if we could get that stress under control early, then we can prevent the illnesses. Or if we catch it later and we start getting it under control, we can at least try to help control it without so many medications. That's fantastic. Now, what, what's a uh, what's a great way to um, everyday stress reliever, something you would recommend? Something I recommend every day is to get some sunshine, if there's sunshine. I know up north it's hard to get sunshine. you got to take vitamin D. But even um, they have what they call on Amazon a happy light. And it's a lot, it's just a little light that you put beside you for, um, we lived in Michigan and Massachusetts and Minnesota. So I know about that not getting enough sunshine. You can get that happy light and that happy light, just let it uh, sit on you and shine into your, uh, to your face on your skin for 30 minutes a day. And it will help bring up your, um, your level, your happy hormone levels. And, and reset your brain. But if you could get out and get a 30-minute stroll, you don't have to power walk or anything like that. Get some sunshine, get some fresh air, oxygenate your system. That's one of the best things that you can do to relieve stress. Um, some other things, I have some recipes for herbal teas in there that are great stress relievers. Um, things like Epsom salt baths, aromatherapy like lavender and um, orange and any of the citruses are all very relaxing. 
Um, just, you know, simple, easy things that you can do to take care of yourself and to lessen your stress. And then CBD oil is a big one, too. I know CBD oil is all the rage right now, but it, it really does help. We have those receptors in our body, and it really does help to reduce the stress and anxiety that we're under living in such a fast-paced life. That's awesome. Wow. Well, thank you so much for that great tip. I, I know I will be passing this on, and uh, I, I hopefully everybody out there listening will uh, give this a try and take a moment to just kind of calm yourself and relax and get take some, take some of the stress out of your life. Yes, absolutely. Exercise. Exercise is one of the big things, and everybody's, I don't have time, but if you just do 15 or 20 minutes a day, it makes a huge, huge difference. Fantastic. So you've just been writing in the last less than a year yes for about a year i've been doing a lot well i've been writing um i started the blog in march of 2017 and so i've been doing the blog for about a year and a half and i have over 200 articles on there some of most of them are mine some of them are from contributors that have contributed to the blog as well um and then i took I think about eight or nine articles and put them into that book. Um, Remember the butterfly effect. And I took 20 different articles and put into the um, chronic illness book about just different types of chronic illnesses and natural therapies that you can use to treat them and to also to lessen the symptoms. And then about six months ago, I just really felt like I needed to write the first part of my life story and share with people my journey through childhood trauma that led to chronic illness in my 30s and how I healed from that. My goodness. And that's uh, that's going to be uh, Beautifully Broken? That is going to be um, Beauty Rising from Brokenness. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. Beauty Rising from Brokenness. And when does, mm-hmm. that, when does that come out? That comes out on November the 14th is our launch day. That's our big launch day. We're going to have a party, and we're going to have a Kindle sale for 99 cents on Amazon. You can get the book for 99 cents on Amazon that day, anytime within that 24 hours of November the 14th. <laughs> Fantastic. That's, that's going to be exciting. And this episode should be dropping on November 13th. So, yeah, everybody out there listening, you get less than 24 hours, and the book is going to be available. So, Wait just another minute, and then you can get it the next day for ninety nine cents. This is going to exactly. be this is going to be fun, and it looks like it's going to be a fantastic book. It I I um it takes you through the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs, and a lot of people who have read it sit with their mouth open, and some people tear up. My husband being one of those, and I'm like, why are you tearing up? You went through it with me. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes walking back through those difficult times, it, it does it does bring back some emotion, bring up some emotions. But my reason for writing it is I just want to help other people who maybe are suffering from chronic illness or maybe who are suffering from PTSD, from childhood traumas or any kind of traumas to know that there's hope and there's healing. There is a way out and you can heal and you can get better because at one point I was in the bed and I couldn't even take care of my my young children because I was so ill and I had to walk through. You have to go back through to go out. And so I had to walk back through a lot of those those traumas that caused it to come out to the other side. My goodness. 
Wow. And and I had no idea about, you know, so much of this before we got to talking. And even, even up until just tonight when we began speaking, uh, you know, I'm learning so much about this. So, so many people are going to be learning about this right now uh, through the podcast and other podcasts that you're, you're doing in promotion of the book. And then, of course, you know, diving into the book, this is going to be... This is going to be a real event, I think, and, and, and a, a know, great experience for people. A lot of people don't realize, and I talk in the book about adverse childhood traumas, and there's a survey that you can take, and I have a companion guide that goes along with the book that they'll be able to download for free. And they'll be able, and I have the, the site throughout the book and in the back of the book, and they'll be able to download that, and they'll be able to take some assessments and, and make a plan and work a plan to get healed and get healthy. But a lot of people don't even realize that they have those adverse childhood traumas. And then also a lot of people don't realize that you can have pre-birth trauma as well. You can be traumatized before you're ever even born just based on how your mother's feeling, her emotions, what she's going through, and the, and the atmosphere that she's in, the household that she's in, the relationships she's in, all, all of that affects the baby. Wow. And I go into that in the book as well. Okay. Now, that's, that's fascinating stuff. Now, backing up just a little bit here, so we were talking about, so you started your blog in March of 17, and then you started putting out some of these other smaller books just in the last few months. How many books have you, have you written or, and then have coming out uh, just over the next uh, few months? I, I did. I put those books out in um, July of this past year, put them together into some mini books and put them on, um, on Amazon. And then this book I started writing in about June of this year. My goodness. And then on top of that, you've got a few more coming real, real soon. I do. I have a couple of um, contributing books that I'm going to be, we're doing um, uh collaboration books with, uh, I have one coming out in um, October the 16th, and that one will also be 99 cents on Amazon for the day of October 18th, for the entire day, and it's called Voices of the 21st Century, and it's 30 women speakers who have come together and all contributed a chapter, and my chapter in that book is called Relentless. And it shares a little bit of this story. It gives you just a little snapshot of what beauty rising from brokenness is. And then I have another one coming out in December that is a collaboration book from a um, telesummit that I did. And that one's called, called I Rise Living Beyond the Bruises. And my chapter in it is called Flawless. And it's a little bit about the story of what happens after beauty rising from brokenness. Okay. So I'm getting lots of opportunities to write when I never intended to be a writer. <laughs> Funny how those so. things happen, isn't it? <laughs> I would say so. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they just keep coming at me, and I'm just like, well, okay, I guess this is what I'm supposed to be doing. There you go. Yes, yes. Roll with it. No stress. No exactly. stress. <laughs> exactly. And I just sit down, and I just, I just write. I just, I, you know... One of the ladies gave us a long, structured thing, and I said, do I have to follow this? And she, I said, because I'm just kind of a writer. I just, when I write, I just sit down and write. And she said, do what you do, and then we'll work on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. 
I, I really love speaking with you. This has been enlightening. This has been inspiring. And I cannot wait for, for your book. I can't wait to grab a copy uh, for myself. And uh, I, I really think this is going to be a book that's going to help a lot of people. And I, I think it's going to touch a lot of people, too. So That's I'm the really, whole point. That is the uh, whole point. Every if, if what I've been through can help someone else have hope, and healing and know that there's healing and that there's freedom at the end, then it's all been worth it. All right. And tell us one more time, what's the name of the, the book? The book is called Beauty Rising from Brokenness, Journey Through Childhood Trauma and Chronic Illness and Into Healing. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hand you over to Elizabeth Clayman. I'm going to read you part two, The Hurt, the How, Chapter 2, The First Major Crack, Do You Have Fractures Too? The most common way people give up their power is by thinking they don't have any. That's a quote by Alice Walker. By the time I was in my 30s, I came to a point that I felt I needed to know where I came from. Up until this point in my life, despite asking repeatedly, no one would tell me who my biological father was. I asked my mother repeatedly growing up, and she always became very irrational, emotional, verbally abusive, and so much so that I finally quit asking. I did gather up the courage to ask my grandmother once after my oldest daughter was born. She told me she had sworn to my mother that she would never give me his name. I was obviously upset, so she gave me a few facts, I believe in hopes that it would pacify my need to know and it did for a while. She told me that he was a nice young man. He had been to their home on several occasions for meals, and they did really like him. He was a traveling worker and some kind, and therefore had an erratic schedule. She went on to tell me they had no idea my mother was pregnant until I was born. After I was born, my mother went to find him, and when she came back, she told my grandmother she found out that he was married and had a child. After that, they never spoke of it again. However, for years around the holidays, a man would call my grandmother's home and ask to speak to my mother. My mother always refused to take the call, and eventually the call stopped. I came to terms at the time that this was probably all I would ever know especially after my grandmother passed away just a year later. I really didn't give much thought to who my father was after this. I was so consumed with grief of losing my grandmother. Then our second daughter was born just six months later. My husband joined the Air Force Reserves and was in basic training, and life was just busy, and there wasn't time to dwell on who he might be. The next 10 years went by in a blink of an eye, it seemed. We experienced more loss with a second trimester miscarriage of our third child. Our son was born a couple of years later and immediately went to the neonatal unit. After a third Syrian section for me, he was born with immature lungs and required special care and oxygen in the neonatal unit. My mother and stepdad and younger brother were there for his birth, but they had made plans to visit my half-sister and her family in New Orleans that weekend. After they took my son to neonatal, I needed love and support from my family. In my time of greatest need, where was my family? They left and went to New Orleans as they had planned. I can't even tell you how much that hurt me, and it revealed yet another crack in my brokenness. 
the deep-seated feelings of abandonment and being less than came rushing back. Thank God my in-laws came over from Texas to help, and our church family gave us the support and love that we desperately needed during this time. Over the course of the next few years, we moved away from our first home and bought a home near where I spent my teen years. Six months after we got married, we bought and cleared a piece of land ourselves and put a modular home on it, only five minutes from my mom and stepdad. We lived there until the spring of 1997. We loved living in the country, but the one-hour drive I made to drop our girls at school and go to work began wearing on me greatly. We put the home on the market and prepared to move closer to my job in the girls' school. We bought a wonderful house that was built in 1922 closer to my work in the girls' school, and we loved that old house. It was big, and it had all kinds of character. My mother, stepdad, and brother had moved to Texas a couple of years before due to my mother being transferred to the job. Frankly, when they moved, it was a relief not to have to be nearby. Being on my own with them hundreds of miles away was better for me. The briefness of our interactions during this time was a sweet relief. We saw them a few times a year and made the drive to their home, and one time they came back to Louisiana. However, for the most part, I was on my own. My husband was away in military school, and I was happy. After my husband graduated from military school, we worked really hard to provide for our children. Our first set of military orders came in the summer of 1998, two months in Florida, Cocoa Beach to be exact. We decided to pack up our camper and go with my husband to Florida. We were supposed to be there for two months, but as life would have it, we stayed in Florida for two years. The first couple of months on the base in Cocoa Beach, then a civilian job in Lake City, and then back to Cocoa Beach for a job on the base there. That's three moves in two years. You would think I wouldn't have much time to think about my brokenness or to contemplate who my father might be, but if I would ever know, however those times were, it was in my constant thought. It was my constant companion. Florida was the first time I'd ever lived away from home. I began to feel a sense of freedom I had never known. As I began to look at my life up until this point, I realized I still wanted to know. I had a deep-seated, unquenchable thirst to know who my biological father was. I needed to know to understand who he was, who I am. Why wasn't he in my life? Why wouldn't anyone tell me the truth? I was over 30 years old after all. And that was author Elizabeth Clayman reading from her newest book, Beauty Rising from Brokenness. I, you know, I, I warned you, it was touching, and uh, it going forward from where she left off, it really starts to dive deep into some more of the, uh, the things that left her broken, and how she rose above that. You know, check it out online. I'm gonna, I will have links in the show notes where you can go pick it up for 99 cents on November 14th. Make sure that you are following her and follow us wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. And uh, don't forget to subscribe because if you subscribe, you will never miss an episode when we come back each week with a new author, a new book, and a new sample chapter. Thank you, everybody. Bye.